Hello everyone, I'm Bianca Burton and this is Sportify. If you want to become a Sportify fan today, head on over to Instagram, podcast underscore Sportify, all lowercase. And please subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. I hope you enjoy my content. If you're new here, welcome. This is Sportify, podcast of champions. Let's get started. give a shout out to a podcast called the slightly biased sports podcast it's on all platforms i'm gonna read the bio because they explain it way better than i could (laughs) arkansas natives tyler and dakota have both been dedicated sports fans for as long as they could walk they've been friends for nearly 16 years and love to talk about sports so their podcast was born the goal of their podcast is to bring insight and opinions that most sports podcasts do not offer which I actually really agree with. So please, go listen to Slightly Biased Sports Podcast on all platforms. Hello, Connor. Hello again. So, we are we have a lot to talk about today. This is probably going to be a little bit longer of an episode but it makes up for our last episode being shorter for those of you who don't know. So recently the Las Vegas Invitational for figure skating just happened. It was also presented by Home Light. Each skater performed their free skate and all the performances were scored with the same components of a 1.6 factor. So it would carry the same weight in the uh, competition in the overall team score. So Team Terra totaled 828.95 points and Johnny finished with 774.98 points. Okay, so Mariah Bell, one of my favorite skaters, I talked about her performance in Skate America. She did the, everyone did the same programs that they've done, so nothing was new. Team Johnny led after the first two skaters, Team Tara's Star Andrews and Team Johnny's Karen Chen, but Team Tara pulled ahead after the Audrey Shin, uh, after Audrey Shane skated on her behalf, and Alyssa Liu represented Weir, and then Team Tara held on the rest, the rest of the way. So, really, really exciting. And also, this is going to happen in gymnastics as well, with Nastia Lukin and Alicia Sacramoni. Now, I think this is so great, because you get to watch your athletes, or your skaters, or your gymnasts, and it's a little more relaxed than going to the Olympics or winning a championship, etc. Because I don't know about you, but I get so into it. By the end of it, I need like blood pressure medicine. So Team Terra, here's the scores for everyone. Star Andrews, 120. Audrey Shin, 132. Nathan Chen, 182. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, I don't think you understand. That's from one program on his own. This guy's crazy. Karen Chen, 122. Alyssa, 110. Mariah Bell, 139. Okay. Moving on to a little talk about the MLS, what's happening and kicking it. They are reducing their full-time staff by 20%. Why? Because of COVID. But that's pretty substantial, actually, because the MLS is... It's not, quote-unquote, a smaller organization, but... There's definitely not as much money in America towards soccer than there is toward football and basketball and stuff like that. Now in Europe, that's totally different, but here it's costing a lot of jobs. I heard it was like 70 people. I think that's about 20% of their employee. Switching to MLB batter up Mets. Robinson Cano suspended for the entire 2021 season for doping. Why you would choose to dope now? when everyone's being tested about every day if you're an athlete for corona. (laughs) I know that's a different test, but my point is, say no to dope. You really think that that's smart? NBA, we are going to talk about the NBA draft and the free agency coming up. So we will talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. Let's try that again. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that right now, though. So... An update in the tennis world, Alexander Zverev, again, this is the second time this has happened, denies domestic abuse allegations. 
he, by the way, he's German. I definitely thought he was Swedish, but he's German. <laughs> he gave a more detailed denial of the abuse allegations made by an ex-girlfriend, saying, quote, that's not who I am. His ex-girlfriend is named... Ooh. Okay, give me a minute. <laughs> Olga. <laughs> Olga is the first name. I think it's Sharapova. Not Sharapova, not Maria Sharapova, but Sherry with a Y. Anyway, said last month that the 23-year-old Zverev tried to strangle her with a pillow before last year's U.S. Open. So this was before the pandemic. And he's ranked 7th in the world. And he was asked about the allegations during a news conference. He previously denied the accusations on social media in brief comments, but elaborated on Friday. These accusations are unfound and untrue. Or unfounded, excuse me. We had our ups and downs, but the way our relationship is described in the public is not how it was. That's not who I am, and that's not how I was raised. That's just simply not who I am as a person. But in my opinion, if you're looking down at your phone and someone at the press conference says, Hey, (laughs) tell us about this. Tell us about these very serious allegations. And you have a planned out answer on your phone and you're reading it. Not good. Now, again... Maybe he wasn't doing that, but what else would he be doing? Why not give the person eye contact, huh? It's COVID. You can still look at them. (laughs) He did not address the actual accusation. He kind of weaved around it. He said, that's not who I am. That's not how I was raised. But then he said, they're false accusations and this is distracting from the sport. Yeah, but like, your ex-girlfriend said she initially accused him of the abuse on Instagram. That's very interesting. Did not know it was on Instagram. She said she feared for her life at the time. Then she did an interview uh, with Racket Magazine, later published this month, and she said Zvera was emotionally and physically abusive to her. The ATP fully condemns any form of violence or abuse. We expect all members of the tour to do the same. And to refrain from any conduct, conduct that is violent, abusive, or puts others at risk. In circumstances where allegations of violence or abuse are made against any member of the tour, legal authorities investigate and do processes. Our next segment, final segment of Sportspot, Bye Bye Birdie, which is our golf segment. I thought that was clever. Someone's probably already that done is that. clever. Someone probably already did that. I bet you it's a headline somewhere. But also, by the way our podcast if you've forgotten the name by now it's Sportify and I went to go look it's on all platforms but I went to look on Apple Podcast and (laughs) I know that other podcasts have this name as well it's Sportify something or it it's ours is just Sportify okay and ours has the green logo as you see when you click on this podcast so don't mistake it for someone else's (laughs) so yeah and also it says Bianca Burton under it if you're looking for mine specifically. Um, anyway, bye-bye Birdie. We are having a difficult time today. Bye-bye Birdie. The Masters just happened. Dustin Johnson won his first Masters in five shots. That is a record. All he had after he won was just tears. He didn't even have anything. It was so emotional for him in tournament history that's wow because the masters has been going on for a long time (laughs) that's crazy i could never do that he had a nervous start but obviously he got over it tiger woods hit a tree or no not hit a tree (laughs) 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 oh my god tiger words words tiger words Man, we're at a loss of words right now. Okay, I mean, we go from bye bye blue blue to hitting the tree to tiger words. I mean, I don't know what's coming next, but I'm, I'm I'll be trying I'll try to be ready for it. Guys, it's been two weeks since we've had a podcast. We're a little off. Um, <laughs> tiger Woods earlier hit three balls in Race Creek and made ten, and then ran off three straight birdies to pull away from Cameron Smith. And he was like the only... How many birdies were in the tree, do you know? Um, you know... I know they saw a putty cat, though. <laughs> mm. uh. Okay. 
Yeah, um, now the next thing I'm about to say is a bunch of golf statistics, and I'm not really an avid golf fan, but I do pay attention to it, but I, these are a lot of numbers, guys, are a lot of numbers. <laughs> and that is not my specialty. Johnson closed with a 4 under 68 and finished 20 under 268, breaking by two shots, the record set by Woods in 1997, and matched by Jordan Spieth in 2015. Now, was that a lot of numbers or what? <laughs> Someone in the golf world went, oh, I got it. <laughs> okay. It wasn't me. No, it wasn't Connor. <laughs> but if I were to be in, in the golf world, that would not have been me. <laughs> also, everyone, um, I just saw Connor go live with another person. He's not betraying me. It's a different... Connor has long hair now, guys. <laughs> Uh-oh. I haven't gotten a haircut since, like, uh, early June. Oh, my gosh. No, I've seen Connor in person because uh, we work together socially distanced, but his hair is always gelled up, so I can never tell. But his hair was not gelled up in this, and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> it looks good. Don't worry. But... Thank you. Yes, I, I'm. I'm also starting to go bullet in the back. Pretty proud of it. Oh, okay. Well, that I'm glad I didn't see that part. <laughs> yeah, I made sure I didn't have that showing on the live because it wouldn't have seemed very professional. But you know, mm-hmm. Connor's always had a beard, guys. But the long hair is new to me. Anyway, that's just an update on our personal lives. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got hair over here, we got birdies in a tree, we got Tiger Woods over here, and who knows what world we're living in, whether it's college football, Connor's hairiness, or college, or golf, I, I don't know. Connor's hairiness? <laughs> we are going to call Connor Bigfoot from now. We try to keep it fun for you guys, and, you know, have little, you know, breaks in between the sports. As we said, that was a lot of golf numbers, so you need a little break from that. <laughs> so I'm still thinking about that. Um... Okay, moving on to our players of the week and games of the week. So how we're going to do this now is every two weeks, who we think is the best in those in that time frame. So, Connor, why don't you go ahead? Tell me what you got. All right. Well, for week 10, game of the week was Clemson and Notre Dame. Now, this was an incredible game that went into two overtimes. It was close the whole way through. Notre Dame... Went on about a 90-yard drive late in the fourth quarter to tie things up. Notre Dame would end up winning in two overtimes. The The big story going into this game was that Clemson was Trevor Lawrence-less. He was out due to COVID. Now, to me, he was not his absence was not the reason that Clemson lost this game. I thought the real reason why Clemson lost this game, or give credit to, to the Irish that Notre Dame won this game was that Clemson was that was with without several of their defensive players resulting in what was a very efficient game from the Notre Dame offense and specifically the offensive line for the Irish which is my player of the week for week 10 I go I went ahead and gave it to a unit I gave it to the Notre Dame offensive line I think the offensive line for Notre Dame was was the reason why the Irish won this game. They gave Ian Book tons of time to throw the football, even when Clemson brought a blitz. Now, Brent Venables, the the Clemson defensive coordinator, he's one of the most aggressive play callers in the country on the defensive side of the ball. But Clemson did not really pressure Ian Book. The few times they did, the offensive line was able to block just enough to allow Ian Book to move up in the pocket and give Book credit He is good at having a feel for things, having that sixth sense essentially in the pocket and maneuver his way to either try to throw a pass or ultimately run the football. And Book did that very well and give credit again to the Irish offensive line. Uh, So again, the player of the week for me was a unit and I gave it to Notre Dame's offensive line. I think Notre Dame's offensive line has been one of the best in the country this year. They, along with Wisconsin, Minnesota, Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee. Those are some of your best offensive lines in the country. And Notre Dame has always had one of the best offensive lines in the country uh, since Brian Kelly, their head coach, has taken over. And they have definitely lived up to the billing of that this season. Hello. 
Hello again. We got disconnected there. That's okay. Um, so just to reiterate, explain uh, player of the week or week. the Tulsa defense, just so I think it got cut off. So if you don't mind explaining that again. Yeah. Um. So I, I was explaining the Notre Dame offensive line. Did, did you get all that? I did, yeah. Okay. So week 11 for me, the game of the week was SMU and Tulsa. Now, I could have gone with some others with like North Carolina, Wake Forest, Miami, Virginia Tech. But I know you want to talk about those, and I understand that. So I'll let you talk about those. But I'll take I'll take the SMU-Tulsa game. This was the one of the later games of the day. SMU jumped out to an early 21-0 lead. But Tulsa, doing what they've done all season long, coming back, from at least 14 down is something that they've done all season long. They were down by three touchdowns in this game. Didn't matter. Tulsa would end up going, would end up winning 28-24. The big story about this game, I thought, and my player of the week for this week was a unit once again, but this time the Tulsa defense won that award for me for the week. The Tulsa defense limited the potent SMU offense to 350 yards and only 17 offensive points. Uh, now, you could also argue that 14 of their points, which were off turnovers, would not have happened had there not been for the two-lane uh, or for the Tulsa turnovers early in the first quarter. Now, Tulsa right now is currently tied for first in the American Athletic Conference with uh, Cincinnati. Now, they will ultimately decide who wins that blue ribbon for the regular season for the AAC in December 12th, Tulsa will face Cincinnati on that Saturday. Now, right now, I'm not sure if Tulsa can win that game. Why? Tulsa has started off slow in almost every single game. And they've been trying, they've been playing catch up and they've been doing so successfully in every single game. But that's not going to work against Cincinnati. We'll get into that in a few weeks, obviously. But this Tulsa team has definitely been one of your breakthroughs for the 2020 season. They've been a pleasant surprise. So, North Carolina versus Duke. I also like Duke, so that was a good game for me. Uh, That was about two weeks ago. And then Miami versus Virginia Tech. (laughs) That was a hard game to watch. I started watching it about the third quarter. Going back to North Carolina first, let me... reiterate because my player of the week is Sam Howell and he's the uh, he is for North Carolina. He had 235 yards three touchdowns and one intercept and the final score for that game was 56 to 24 Uh, the Tar Heels are 5 and 2 and the Blue Devils are 2 and 6 so that was just a really entertaining game they scored I think every drive I'm not even kidding Whole game, Virginia Tech is ahead. And you're like, oh, okay. Virginia Tech's gonna win. Oh, no. (laughs) For some reason, I hated this play call. They have, I think, about two minutes left on the clock. What does Virginia Tech's quarterback decide to do? He decides to pass it. Not only does he decide to pass it, he decides to go deep. Now... At this point, they were ahead of touchdown. So, that is a Hail Mary chance, and you don't need to take it. That's the thing. They could have just run out the clock, run out the clock, and then potentially stop Miami once they got the ball. But no, they decided to go deep. The way it was thrown and the way the receiver was covered, there was no way. It's not like he was wide open. Very weird decision and that cost them the game so uh, Miami came back one by one point Miami is seven and one Virginia Tech is four and four so that's actually not too bad um but then again I'm a Cowboys fan so I'm used to seeing lower numbers <laughs> uh-oh 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 we're gonna get to that but anyway um okay and then for the NFL as we know I I'm a Bills fan as well. They are my second favorite team. Bills versus the Seahawks. What a great game. That was two weeks ago. They beat Russell Wilson. Josh Allen beat Russell Wilson. That's amazing. Now, probably reason why Bills has great defense. Seahawks do not. 
that is one of the main reasons. But I also think Wilson and his team underestimated Josh Allen. Sure, they're seven and two, but when you're going up against seasoned veterans, there's always that kind of stigma. Oh, you know, if you're going up against Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, you know, they're they're gonna favor the veteran because why? Because they're old. <laughs> Not, like, in a mean way, but they're actually old. They're getting older. And they're like, oh, you know, you know. And they, uh, the analysts always seem to favor the veteran, unless the veteran is on a serious decline or the rookie is on a serious incline. So, but a great game. And then, then it all went downhill this past weekend. The Bills versus the Cardinals. I watched the entire game. So, also, my player of the week for the Bills and Seahawks is Josh Allen. And my player of the week for Bills and Cardinals is Kyler Murray. Now, here, hear me out, guys. If you didn't watch that game, if you didn't hear about that, Bills are ahead pretty much the whole game. We get to the last quarter. Two minutes left. Cardinals get a drive. But every single drive they had had up to that point was get to the red zone and then uh, kick a field goal. They weren't scoring touchdowns. Uh, I believe a nine was on the board for them at a point. That's all field goals. So then they miss that drive, go back. Bills miss a drive, but that's okay because they're ahead. And then in the last two seconds of the game, literally last two seconds of the game, Kyler Murray throws a quote, Hail Murray. <laughs> Hail Murray. To the other end of the field, covered by three Bills defenders. And it is somehow caught, and they get a touchdown to win the game. Now. Did you come up with that Hail Murray, Hail Murray on your own? No, I did not. Someone uh-huh. at uh, ESPN did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that's, wish that, that, I did. That's- and there's a bunch of memes out there where they shrink Kyler Murray down. It's it's funny, yeah. I have to say. Yeah, NFL but, memes will do that every once in a while, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love them. And I saw their post, and it was like, Kyler Murray runs like a kid who just stole from, can- from a candy store. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> now go watch, you know, audience, go watch playback. Kyler Murray running and then you'll see that in your head every time and it's great it's great but I tell you what he's also a really fast kid at that (laughs) no like okay now because I'm short and I'm short people are yeah Connor's short but short people are fast so that was my argument with my dad I was like yeah he might be short but also he's going uh, the, the game of football the amount of players that are now like 6'6 is crazy. He is this tiny little. They say he's 5'10. My dad thinks he's 5'8, but who knows? <laughs> he can run. I mean, he, he runs like a running back, legit. And he's so tiny that he just weaves through these, these slips and holes. And as Connor and I would running because we're tiny. But, uh, <laughs> but when you see them against players that are 300 pounds and they weigh and they're 66 it's just it's demonstrably different <laughs> so yeah um anyway um, we are tiny people but let me tell you something <laughs> tiny people have these unique individual talents to them and speed is one of those <laughs> i love that unique individual talents <laughs> i love it okay Moving on to our injury report this week. So, Connor, in the world of college football, I know there's not many injuries in that world, but yep. he was injured. Fortunately not. Fortunately, we don't have a great amount of injuries. We have a lot more uh, players out due to contact tracing, obviously. The biggest thing that stood out to me for this weekend, a couple of weeks ago, or actually a month ago, we talked about Trevor Lawrence not being available for Clemson against Boston College. The biggest thing that stuck out to me for this weekend... App State's quarterback, Zach Thomas, is listed as questionable as of right now against Coastal Carolina tomorrow. 
now the App State against versus Coastal Carolina game tomorrow. That game is going to decide the Sun Belt East Division. The winner of that game is going to is going to be playing ULL for the Sun Belt Conference Championship game. If Zach Thomas is not able to go for App State, that is a big blow to not only this game but also App State's season. Uh, now App State has been the class of the Sun Belt Conference the last few years, and if Zach Thomas is able to go, I would not be surprised to see App State pull off what is what would right now be an upset. Coastal Carolina is currently ranked in the top 25. Playing at home, they're currently favored by about a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised to see App State ultimately win this game if they have Zach Thomas available. going to be a great game. I cannot wait to see who wins this game. But if Zach Thomas is not able to go, it, it would definitely be a bummer to not just him and his team, uh, but it would be a bummer to a lot of college football fans outside of Chanticleers. In the NFL, what I do is I look at all 25 teams and see which teams have the most questionable or the most injured in total and then we talk about them because I don't want to talk about all 25 teams unless there's someone with a really big reputation that has gotten injured. So the Jets have two out including their quarterback Sam Darnold. Uh, Joe Flacco is their backup quarterback and they have five questionable. The Bengals have six questionable same with Washington. The Bears have six out, including their quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. And the backup for him was Nick Foles, but now he's questionable. Uh, I did watch that game as well. It was the Bears and the Vikings, and I believe he got hit, and I think there's a hip problem as well. Uh, I don't know if that was, like, enacted before the hit or after, but he's questionable this week, and they have uh, three total so it's going to be interesting to see who the backup, backup, backup is. <laughs> Chills. <laughs> um, for the Lions, seven are questionable, including their quarterback, Matthew Stafford. I think everyone's quarterback is hurt this season. The Packers, five questionable. The Jaguars, six questionable. The Panthers, five questionable, including their quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> and uh, Christian McCaffrey, which is um, a very big player. The Cardinals have... 12 questionable 12 Seahawks have 11 so <laughs> yeah. Seahawks ended up beating the Cardinals maybe that's because they had one less injured player that was the 49ers have four out Chiefs have four questionable including Sammy Watkins and one out including Taco Charlton we the Cowboys used to have him and yes his name is named after <laughs> the Mexican food Taco the Saints have five questionable and one out, including their quarterback, Drew Brees. But he got hit very hard. You can watch the video on ESPN. And he has multiple broken ribs and a collapsed lung. This is not something to joke about. That's, And I believe he has some other muscle injuries after that fall. But it was kind of scary. And he had to walk off the field. And it just looked like it hurt. Obviously it did, but ooh, sometimes through the TV, you can't gauge how much of a serious injury it is. Uh, even when you're at the game watching, you don't know. But that looked like it really hurt. That's unfortunate. And then Teddy Bridgewater actually used to be the backup quarterback for the Saints, and now he's the starting quarterback for the Panthers. So I think I read a report somewhere who is the new quarterback for the Saints but it didn't stick in my mind so I'm sorry Saints fans <laughs> um, moving on to our college football segment so we're going to talk about the UNT reschedules there's been a lot of rescheduling and postponements throughout this COVID thing so tomorrow November 21st we play against Rice at home December 3rd and December 12th are your other football dates to keep on your calendar. And then uh, next week, men and women's basketball, November 25th and November 26th. Be there. Students, get your free ticket. Just go to unttix.com, get your free ticket, and you can actually transfer a ticket to someone if you don't want to go, but you want someone to go for free. So that's what I do. 
So for our audience who wants to keep up with the rankings of college football, we're actually going to talk about that today. We haven't talked about that since the first episode because uh, they're usually college football is so fast-paced that everything either changes every day or not at all. So we are a couple weeks ahead now. So let's talk about it. I have it pulled up right here. So in the American Athletic Conference. Okay, so for the Big 12, the Iowa State Cyclones, Biden won, and the Kansas Jayhawks are 0-6. That's actually kind of surprising to me because usually they have a little better record. Usually they're in the middle. Uh, and then Texas is 4-2, tied with Kansas State Wildcats and the Oklahoma Sooners. Big 12 is like... <laughs> I mean, it's a mess right now. Oh, yeah. And in the Big Ten Conference, we're going to look at the East first. Uh, Indiana, 4-0. and And then Penn State are 0-4. So just flip that number. Um, in the West, Northwestern Wildcats, 4-0. Good for them. They usually don't do that well, honestly. <laughs> um, and then... Our favorite team to talk about, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, just because of their mascot, are one and three. <laughs> and but they and will they, always be. They just won tonight, so they're now two and three. The Golden Gophers will always be golden in our hearts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even, like, I the fact that they're just a Golden Gopher is iconic to me, and I want merch now. And I'm not even a fan, and... <laughs> I'm a bandwagon fan, even though they're one, they're two and three, they're golden. <laughs> yeah, I like their head coach too. So I, I like uh, PJ Fleck. I like what he's doing. I like their program. So I, I've been a uh, I've been rowing the boat. That's that's kind of like their motto. I've been rowing the boat these last couple of years with the Golden Gophers. So yeah, I'm all on it, man. Okay, do you feel like our fans should be called Gophers now? <laughs> yes. You know. <laughs> yeah. And then we just sign off. We sign off. Stay golden, Gophers. <laughs> yeah, stay golden, Gophers. I love that. It is so. It is written. So it shall be done. Um. Okay. In the conference, USA. Marshall. Okay. Again with the mascots. Marshall the Thundering Herd. That's an <laughs> awesome name too. That's an awesome name. Got it. <laughs> what is that though? Um, a herd of what? <laughs> like a herd of sheep I guess I don't know um, they're four and a herd of buffalo I think that's what it is oh duh <laughs> no they will forever be the sheep in my mind now <laughs> oh that's funny just call them the Marshall buffalo oh man that's bad oh man <laughs> <laughs> I had to, like, hold on to my hat there. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at the bottom of the East is the Florida International Panthers. In the West, UAB is 2-1. and one. Oh, by the way, Florida International is 0-2. Don't get excited. Um, <laughs> UAB is 2-1. and one. UTEP Miners are 0-3. Oh, uh, North Texas, me being green, yeah. is 1-3. Is one and two. We haven't played since October. <laughs> it's been a month. Anyway, the FBS Independence. We've got. They haven't played yet, but so far, <laughs> just based on power rankings, BYU Cougars and the UMass Minutemen. The Minutemen. Okay. You know we're gonna have a whole episode dedicated to weird mascots. The Mid American Conference East. The Buffalo Bulls. How are you a buffalo and a bull at the same time? In my head, I only think buffalo as the animal and buffalo New York. <laughs> I, I thought you were playing there because I know you know the Buffalo Bills and all that. So I'm like, hmm, what? <laughs> that's that's misleading. <laughs> that's hey, that's the T. <laughs> I guess I'm a Buffalo Bulls fan now. <laughs> Um, the Kent State Golden Flashes are also at the game And then the Bowling Green... The Bowling Green? Yeah, the Bowling Green Falcons are 0-3. Y'all, the East needs to come up with better names. Um, okay. 
that sounded southern as all get out. What the heck? <laughs> I said, the ace lace come up better than y'all. 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 Hey, we're, hey, is Buffalo an animal or a city? No. <laughs> all right, y'all. Let's get started. Um, in the West, Western Michigan Broncos are 3 0, and the Northern Illinois Huskies are 0 3. So are the Eastern. Man, Eastern Michigan Eagles. Western Michigan pulled off the most incredible comeback uh, about a week ago against Toledo. Uh, Toledo had a two-score lead with uh, under a minute to play. Western Michigan go down, goes down very, very fast, goes and scores a touchdown. They kick the onside. Toledo doesn't play it very well. They re- And then Western Michigan recovers the onside kick, goes down and scores a touchdown. They win the game. <laughs> I mean, in a matter of well, uh, in a matter of a minute of game time and about 10 or 15 minutes in real life, you went from having about a less than a 1% chance of winning to about a 96 point something percent chance of winning with with the go-ahead touchdown with about, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds left to play. So that was a crazy game. They call it Maction because it happened during the week. Uh, and the MAC is, you know, the Mid American Conference. That's the conference those teams are in. Those games are always so, so much fun to tune into. It, it really makes it, it really makes it a great weeknight because, you know, weeknights you're always doing homework, whatnot. It, it makes, it makes the most out of your weeknights in the months of uh, November, early December. So, tune into Maction if you haven't yet. You won't be disappointed. It went from having a less than 1% chance. That's how I felt about Buffalo Bills and the Cardinals the other day. The Bills, not the Buffalo Bulls. The Buffalo Bills. And the bu- Okay, and, and these Bills are from uh, Buffalo, like as in like the city, or are we talking about are they, the Bills coming out of the Buffaloes? Oh, Jesus. God. Um, in the Mountain West Conference, <laughs> uh, uh, the Nevada Wolves... Moving on. What? <laughs> moving on. Um, in the... Let's try that again. That was actually very clever. I, I, I heard a lot of M's and N's in the middle. <laughs> um, in the Mountain West Conference, the Nevada Wolfpack are four and zero, and they are also they are tied with the San Jose State Spartans. And the bottom are the Utah State Aggies. In the Pac-12 Conference, my favorite conference, other than other than the Mac. Other than the Mac, oh, there we go. <laughs> Other than the Mac, and then the CUSA, Mac attack. and then everything else. The Pac-12 is actually one of my favorite, but I'm a huge gymnastics person, and that's Talking why. Talking smack so, about the Mac, huh? No. <laughs> um, in the North, the Oregon Ducks are two and zero, and the Stanford Cardinals are. Uh, own to with the Oregon State Beavers. Um, in the South, the Colorado Buffaloes are 2 0, and Arizona State Sun Devils are 0 1. In the Southern Conference, the Florida Gators are 5 1, the Vanderbilt, blah, blah, blah. Vanderbilt is 0 6. Ooh. Here's another name we need to change. South Carolina Gamecocks. Mm-mm. That's that's dangerous. That's opening yourself up for stuff. Well, they just fired their head coach as well. Sorry if you just heard me slurp my tea there, but that's the tea. <laughs> I see what you <laughs> did you, there. I? I see what you did. That was pun that was very funny. That was very funny. Um, where was I? In the West. Crimson Tide are six and zero. Oh. Uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs are two and four. Oh, I'm sorry, Connor. The LSU LSU Tigers are two and three. That's okay. Hey, we just won a national championship. I am not going to be complaining for a long time. <laughs> he said, "Hold on, hold on." Now we have three championships this century. <laughs> we have three championships in the 21st century. Who else has that? Only a few other teams. Alabama, one of them. I respect Alabama. Clemson's another one. I respect them. Well, actually, Clemson has two championships this century. They got they've got three in their history of their program. So I respect them. But LSU, Connor said, has three. 
Connor said, I don't care if LSU wins anymore. We've got three. We've got three championships <laughs> this century. And we just won the national championship in New Orleans several months ago in what was widely considered to be the best college football team of all time for one season. I am not complaining for a very long time. In the Sun Belt Conference, the Coastal Carolina. Oh, geez. How do you say that? Shanta Clears. Shanta Clears. What is that? (laughs) I know that. I don't know. I haven't studied that that in depth yet. It looks like a knight. History majors out there, my mother... What is that? Well, I don't know if it's an eye or if it's in shining armor, but they have been shining this season. They have they're the top twenty-five. They're one of the biggest breakthroughs this year. They've been a tr- they've been a great story throughout this season. So they've been really fun to watch. Coastal Carolina has. They are five and zero, oh. um, and then the Georgia State Panthers are two and four. And then finally, finally got to the end in the West. The Louisiana Cajuns. Are five and one, and the Monroe Warhawks are zero and five. Whew, that was that was a doozy. Everyone, take a sip of your coffee. We're still um, here. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. We take still a got sip a lot to go. Tea. That's what I'm going to do. Are you, are you having T two? T two, R two, D two, whatever you want to say. I'm having. I'm. Ha- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, moving on to our trade tracker. So, as we know. MLB season has ended. It's coming up soon, but I do keep track of the trades. Aha, trade tracker uh, that are going on in the postseason. In the NFL, I'm always keeping track on that. And then we just had the NBA draft a couple nights ago. And I want to talk about the 2020 NBA draft results and the NBA trades and free agency. So I am more of a free agency person in terms of the knowledge that comes with it. But I do keep up with the draft as well. Mainly because it's interesting to see who goes from college to pro in my eyes. Because sometimes you watch college basketball and no one goes pro. And you're like, okay, I don't remember these people at all. (laughs) But sometimes when they do, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. He played for Auburn or whatever. So yeah. Um, We're going to go over the NBA draft first round real quick. My Timberwolves, I am a Timberwolves fan. Number one pick, Anthony Edwards. I am so happy about that. Mainly because we deserve it. Go Timberwolves. Anyway. Oh my god, and that's the same state for the Minnesota Golden State Gophers. Yeah. And I love I'm, I'm I'm a Vikings fan. I don't know why I'm like I'm I'm biased toward Minnesota. I've never even been there, but I love them. But yeah. Um Okay. The Warriors drafted James Wiseman, number two. Number three, my king, LaMelo Ball. That's the Hornets. I like him. Uh, he is the brother of Lonzo Ball. Um, I just, I don't know. I like LaMelo a lot. He's interesting to me. Interesting player, interesting person. The Bulls, I am also a Bulls fan, got Patrick Williams. The Cavaliers have Isaac Okoro. Uh, the Hawks have... Ooh, that's a hard name to say. Okungwu. Okungwu. That's how you say the last name. <laughs> uh, all you basketball fans out there are gonna shade me for that, but it's okay. Pistons have Killian Hayes. The Knicks, my fave, Obi Topin. Love him. Obi-Wan Kenobi there. The Suns have Jalen Smith. The Spurs have Devin Vassell. Kings have Tyrese Halliburton. Half, my, half of my last name is in that last name. <laughs> um, Pelicans have Kyra Lewis Jr. Celtics have Aaron Nesmith. And the Magic drafted Cole Anthony. Now, this is interesting. Here's where the numbers and the trade list gets very complicated. <laughs> So we're going to go to the other list that I have that I accidentally just closed out of. (laughs) Moving on to the free agency and all the other jazz that comes with that. So the Atlanta Hawks are finalizing a three-year 
$61.5 million deal with Danilo Gallinari. Okay. These are all updated as of right now. The Celtics have traded Cantor to Portland in a three-team deal involving the Grizzlies. That's a big thing. When it's the more teams, the bigger the deal. The Brooklyn Nets agreed to a reported four-year deal, $75 million with Joe Harris. Oh, 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 while we're talking about the Nets, James Harden refused to sign to re-sign with the Rockets so that he could go with the Nets. Wow. That is a pin drop in a room. I never thought I would see the day. Now, I'm a Celtics fan, and I'm a Nets fan. I'm a lot of NBA team fans, but I I watched Kyrie Irving move from Boston to Brooklyn, and I was like, strange, but okay. I'm not a Rockets fan by any means, just as I am not a Houston Texas fan. Texans fan because I refuse. I refuse to do that. Um, I just can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> for all you Houston people out there, good for you. But I cannot. It's just it's sacrilegious to me. <laughs> um, I I know James Harden was there with Russell Westbrook. I'm like, oh, Harden's gonna finish out his career in Houston. I'm wrong. And he's going to my other team. And I like James Harden. So I'm happy about it. The Los Angeles Lakers agreed to a one-year, $3.6 million deal with Wesley Matthews. Um, Miami Heat, my other team, agreed to re-sign, this is huge, Goran Dragic and Myers Leonard to two-year deals. They are some of our best players. They actually helped us get to the the championship, even though we lost. We don't need to talk about that. But (laughs) they helped get us there. The 76ers agreed to a reported one-year deal with uh, 2.6 million with Dwight Howard. That uh, that's big too. Sacramento Kings five-year deal, 163 million max contract extension with De'Aaron Fox. The Utah Jazz agreed to re-sign Jordan Clarkson to four years for 52 million dollars, and then they agreed to a 30 uh, three-year 30 million dollar deal with Derek Favors. Okay, and then Anthony Davis is still up in the air. But it's interesting. He They say he hasn't ruled out re-signing with the Lakers, but it's kind of unlikely, I think, at this point. And then uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I said it right, I think. <laughs> um, he's for the Milwaukee Bucks, which I also love them. Maybe he will sign the five-year extension with them. We will keep you updated on that. But that's a lot. I know it's a lot. But it's okay. You're here with us. It's all right. We are almost done. (laughs) Push through. Power through. Moving on to our NFL segment. Cowboys Roundup. So, now, we played the Steelers last week. I was pleasantly surprised, even though we lost. Hear me out. The final score was 20 to 17. That's nothing. Are you serious? When you, I've been watching the Steelers drop 30, 40 points on other teams who are way better than us in terms of record, we actually held them? Whoa. <laughs> that to me is huge. Now, in case you don't remember, Dak Prescott got injured. Then, Andy Dalton got injured. We didn't even try to play Danucci. We were like, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Why? Because he's a pocket passer, just like Dalton. And anytime he tries to run, it just doesn't end well. So we moved to Gilbert, and Gilbert is our local fan. And um, he he did extraordinarily well. And I watched the game with my dad, and it was... It brought... A little joy was injected into my soul again. Yeah, that's always good. That's that's always positive. Even though we didn't win, our performance was so much better than our past games. And this year is the worst year in Cowboys history for me in my lifetime that I've seen and watched. And it was really getting to me. (laughs) 
because I'm very passionate and I was like, I can't take much more of this. And um, Elliot, no fumbles. Ben Roethlisberger, I believe, went out of the game for like two seconds because his knee hurt. By the way, he's like 6'6", and we were like, oh. <laughs> but then he came back, so he's fine. Um, and <sighs> we just did so much better. I'm just so encouraged now. And <sighs> I don't know. I'm very happy. Um, so Garrett started that game and held that game. He held it like Dak would hold it. And that makes me very encouraged. And I think he should be the backup starter. Now, after the game, a lot of dealers had contract tracing and they had to go on the COVID list. Now, we probably gave them COVID. <laughs> Oops. I mean, like, it wasn't, it was like the next day after they had played. And they were like, oh, Steelers have a lot of COVID cases. <laughs> and that must have been us. Who else would it be? Anyway, they're fine. Um, moving on to the NFL rankings, and then we are done. So, AFC East. Bills are at the top. Jets are at the bottom. Both my teams hugging that East. <laughs> right. Not really, but it did. Um, AFC North. Steelers and the Bengals. AFC South. Colts and the Jaguars. By the way, in case you don't know what I'm saying, these are the top and the bottom rankings. I don't do the middle because it's a waste of my time. Anyway. AFC West. Chiefs and the Chargers. NFC East. Eagles and the Cowboys. But we don't need to talk about that. Um, (laughs) NFC North. As long as the... Okay, back up. As long as the New York Giants aren't in first place, I'm okay. (laughs) Anyway. NFC North, Packers and the Lions. NFC South, Saints and the Panthers, despite the Drew Brees injury. NFC West, the Seahawks and the 49ers. That switched from last week, which was the Cardinals and the 49ers. Now the Seahawks, because they beat the Cardinals, are in first place in the West Division. Woo, that was a lot to cover. <laughs> All right. Day goal. And just like that, we are coming to the end of our first episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Connor Hibbett, for becoming my co-host and doing such a great job. I'm Bianca Burton, and remember, this is Sportify, the podcast for all sports enthusiasts.